Like when obviously like because I one of my clients is like forty five years. Like, I sound like a prostitute, don't I? One of my clients is forty five years old. <laughs> um, <laughs> he likes me in my real he, estate outfit. I know. So yeah. this is my Wednesday outfit. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to have bought a big house. <laughs> he likes to hammer that down. <laughs> Oh We're God. not recording, are we? Jeez. Is this better in bed or is this yeah. better in creative? Oh, we could so do it. Hey, Sarah, send me a... And welcome to Maker and Creator, the podcast about creativity and culture and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Adams. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Were you waiting for me to say Miss Darlinghurst? <laughs> no, oh. but you always do. So, yeah, actually I was. I was okay. like, oh, you didn't say it. You mixed it up this week. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I was, I was typing it out. I'm like, oh. yeah, I want to keep it fresh. Oh. Did you survive newsletter day? <laughs> I did, yeah. Every Wednesday is Adrian Clay slash Secret Fitties newsletter day. And no matter how hard I try and plan, I always end up cramming <laughs> in the last minute. So I was getting our Peter Ricks episode oh, yeah. up. So that's come out in the newsletter today. It was fascinating. Yeah, it was a good one. And for those of you listening and paying attention, we are now publishing on Wednesdays to make Alex's life a little more complicated <laughs> on Wednesdays. Uh, so that's a small change, but it'll help. So today we are joined by somebody who, again, was one of the first names I put on the list for Alex and I. So Alex has been following along for a while. But uh, her name is Lizbeth Powell, who as far as I can tell... You have a job of made up things in made up places <laughs> and, you know, I'm jealous to be really honest, but I've sent a few people your profile and they're like, this isn't a real person. This isn't a real job. And she's one of these millennial influencers and what is she doing? Oh my I'm God, like, I hate the word influencer. <laughs> and I'm, I, anyway, I'll let you answer, ask the question. <laughs> no, no. Talk- shut that down. I'm not an influencer. <laughs> this interview is over. It's over. <laughs> How do you describe what you do? Like, tell I us just, your story. Like, okay. What I do, I just say I'm a freelance social strategist and presenter now. Oh. Um, but I have redesigned the way I work, travel, and live. That's how I like to explain to people. Wow. So people think, oh, like, do you just like travel around the world? And, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you get work? How do you do this? How do you do that? Like, well, with freelance social media work, you can work anywhere in the world, Mm. you're still working. So the stuff that you post is the fun stuff and I write about the shit stuff. Yeah. I, um, how I got to that place. So Jai and I worked in the same building. Building. Building, family, family of floor, family of offices. (laughs) I was a strategist at Jack Morton for about, say for like three and a half or four years. And I had every intention to want to go to New York and become this hotshot, like hotshot marketer, you know, just just live the dream in New York. Like that's what I wanted live to do. Live the lady boss dream. Live the lady boss dream. You know, like I had this thing. I wanted to work as someone in the NBA because I liked. Oh. I just liked sports and I thought I thought NBA would be really fun. Cool, powerful, cool, sexy powerful, kinda, and you know, yeah. like be the whole environment of yeah. sports in America is so much more entertaining than, than it is. I feel felt like in Australia. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was probably like, cause I'm 27 now, oh. but when I was 24, I had met a guy at my boxing gym and he 
was a SEO specialist. And at the time, I was like, what the fuck is oh, SEO? Mythical SEO yeah. specialist. You know? We know like, a few of those, don't we? What the fuck is that? And I was like, Google it. I'm like, oh, okay. So Is this his pickup or? Uh, no, because <laughs> I'm trying to think what was his pickup. We're talking about pizza. <laughs> Much sexier than I was SEO. Like, I love pizza. Yeah. I love pizza too. Let's go for pizza one night. Okay, cool. I don't know. Maybe SEO is the sexy, the new pizza. <laughs> I like a man who can optimize, optimize his words. Optimize his Google Ads yeah. strategy. Talk to me more, baby. Talk, Talk to me about, about your long tail. <laughs> Anyways, um, so when I asked him what he does and stuff and he said, oh, I'm a freelance SEO strategist, mm. uh, SEO Ever, but the, t- the term was, and I spend six months of my time in Australia, six months of my time in Asia, and I was like, oh, "That sounds uh. like fun." What do you mean? Like, who's your like? Wh- what company do you work for? And I was just so curious because I didn't know that there were other ways, and this is how it all started mm. because I didn't know there were other ways to work tra- and work and travel. Like right. I thought that you just had to choose either the path of having a career in whatever you decided to have your career in and then take your four weeks holiday or you have your own little side business and you become an entrepreneur and you're a slave to that until you find some passive income over, you know, five or so years when that business is picking up. And I didn't know that you could simultaneously simultaneously work and travel. So he told me to read the infamous four-hour workweek book. (laughs) And I was like, who is Tim Ferriss? I was like, this I felt like I was like a little kid. I'm still a little kid now, but at the time you when I look small. back. I don't think you're a kid anymore, but. That's because I don't eat as much <laughs> pizza. It's fucking metabolism. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> you got this, this vengeful. I do. Look at my system. Like, <laughs> enjoy that Enjoy that McDonald's because one day it's going to catch up to you. She's like, you've been saying that for five years now and I'm yeah. still fine. Okay, it hasn't like, caught up with you yet. So no, I used to be much more skinny and I used to eat much you're Filipino, so, you have amazing genes, you look yeah. like you're 17 and you're 27. <laughs> I thought we were interviewing a child when you first yeah, met yeah. <laughs> Have you met Liz? <laughs> Why do children always come up? I don't know, but I was just thinking the same thing. Like, we keep making children jokes. Like, <laughs> we need to stop. So. Keep going, Elizabeth. Uh, I'm just trying to think what I was up to. Oh, Tim Ferriss. Yes. So I read, I read that book and I'm not sure if you – guys would know Tim Tim Ferriss and possibly your audience would know who he is as well. And there's this term called lifestyle design. I was like, Mm. what the fuck is lifestyle design, you know? Like, and you know, you got to bet, like, I think about it. I was 24, 25. All I was really doing was working, paying rent, getting fucked up on the weekends, having brunch, doing the Bonita Kuji walk, like doing all these. (laughs) Why are you describing my life? (laughs) (laughs) Just like uh, describing... 80% 80% of Every, yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's like, it's super fun. Like I don't, mm. you know, it, it was, it was, it. there was nothing wrong with it. I, I loved, I loved my life. I wasn't hating it. I wasn't necessarily looking for a way out. I wasn't looking for a way to dramatically change my life, but I had this inkling inside of me saying, well, one day I would like to have a family and I would like to not be as stressed as what I saw potentially, you know, other people around me who were, were older and I didn't I never wanted to sacrifice a family for a career that wasn't paying me back in some sort I'm not talking about money but if it wasn't fulfilling what was it giving me Mm. and I I could kind of foresee like my next 10 10 years or so and I was like oh do I 
is this where I want to be? And I started to ask myself some like serious questions after reading that book because I never really asked myself those questions and it's not something that you talk about with your girlfriends at like 24, 25 yeah. because you're, you're caught up, you know, you're, you know, you're still struggling to pay rent, you're still like having fun and you, you're not really thinking about what the next couple of years is looking like. You're just kind of like living day to day having, you know, having fun and, and dating and having lunch and brunch and cocktails and whatever. But when I met Tom, I was like, fuck, I didn't know there was a different way to live. And he was only a year older than I am. So he told me that, you know, what you're doing now, like you don't need a boss when you, if you wanted to go freelance. I'm like, how am I going to get clients? How mm. am I going to, what, what do you mean? Like quit your job and how do you, like I, I didn't know, I didn't know what the next step was. So he, he wasn't really like my, he was just like a figure yeah. of what I could do. Yep. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but what I could do and what was mm. possible. So I read that book. I didn't really do any of the dream planning. There's like timelines and tables and shit. And I'm not very like methodical in my approach, but you can do like, okay, well, if I wanted to have this goal, how much money do I need? What type of work do I need? What are the skills I need to get there? Like I didn't really think like that, but it was just percolating back in my mind. And then I left Jax for six months, joined a different agency or a consulting agency. And during those six months, I realized, oh my God, I definitely don't want to do this. Like, really? I definitely don't want to like, I just felt like all the work that I was doing wasn't really going anywhere. Yeah. And um, it, I was just feeling like really lost. And then during that six months, I decided to like really hone in, okay, well, like what does freelance social media work look like? Where do I go and stuff? And then I went on Upwork and I literally applied for everything and anything on the way to work. Like I would catch the ferry, I'll be on the ferry on Upwork on my mobile, looking for jobs, looking for jobs, looking for jobs on my lunch break at work, looking for jobs, looking for jobs. When I came home from work, looking for jobs, <laughs> looking for jobs. And, you know, you send out 500 applications. And at the time, Upwork wasn't as popular as it was now so I was able to get a few random clients here and there and then I started to learn about okay what what's it what this whole freelance economy was and Mm. how I could then leverage that to and I, I hate saying I hate using the term quitting your job to travel the world because it's not that easy and it's not as fun as everyone thinks it is and it's not it's not just something that you do off a whim. Like it really, really takes like fucking hard work. Like people don't, you know, I was 25 having a full-time job, still trying to like have friends and still trying to like see my family, still do like fun, normal things. And on the side work like 15, 20 hours plus my, you know, 40 hour work week to try and fund this like dream that I had of quitting my job. So long story short, I finally had about like two or three clients at the time and it was it was hard because, you know, your friends are out partying on Saturday night and you're like, fuck, I've got to do this. Like, <laughs> got to do this social, do this social media thing. But at the time it was kind of fun because no one, you know, my clients didn't really know what social media was and how, yeah. to, how to use it for a business purpose. And I was like, well, you just do this, yeah. this, 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 this. <laughs> a little bit of Facebook. Just, just a little bit of Facebook, copy and paste, like my, <laughs> my proposals yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Something then, that came quite easy to you was probably really mm. beneficial to them. Yeah, definitely. And you've never um, – and I kind of saw this in, you know, the work that I was doing with other people that I never wanted to be someone to 
to come across as I know something more more than you, or I know how to I know how to transform your business. Mm. And I never wanted to be like that. Oh well, you're doing this wrong, this wrong, and this wrong. And it was really, and it wasn't necessarily dumbing down, but it was articulating what you could do for their business in their own language that I found that I could really help them at because a lot of the consultants or the freelancers that they would find, you know, much older than me, much more experienced than I I was. But I I found probably my strength was communicating with them really like, because I was going through the same sort of figuring out shit myself, but I just had that extra knowledge of social strategy from my old, from experience that I could then translate to them. So it was fun. Then I um, finally had like two or three clients and I was like, okay, I'm finishing off my contract. I'm going to do it. Yep. I'm going like, to travel. Amazing. I'm going like, to run it. away. Literally. I'm going to run away. And at yep. the time I was like, oh, I'm going to name my Instagram runaway strategist because I'm a strategist who ran away from a job. <laughs> I, I, was I like, ran away yeah, from strategy. I ran away. <laughs> I love that. I think it's a great name. It's really good. And like, I was like, what the, am I? And then people are like, are you going to write about what you're doing? Like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. All I know is that I bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. <laughs> and they were like, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I really like boxing. So I'm going to do a boxing camp. That was my first thing. And I mm. didn't have anything planned yep. other than my boxing camp. And I was really nervous because, you know, I, I did travel before, but with lots of friends. And, yeah. you know, you would stay in like fun fun hotels Resorts and have cocktails. And, yeah. You know, just do all that shit. And I was like, well what would it be if I were to just travel by myself, not have any plans and just kind of figure out if this lifestyle really is for me? Mm. So I went to this boxing camp, Tiger Muay Thai. I'm not sure if yeah, you guys I know. Yeah, I Tiger Muay Thai. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I went to AKA, which is about well, a couple of kilometers away. But yeah. All in that big Tiger was, uh, has an interesting road. reputation. Yeah, it's, it's a bit. Mm. I'm not going to talk shit because I actually really <laughs> enjoy that place. Sure you did. <laughs> I don't know what that means, mm. but it was pretty fun. So I did that, um, and then I didn't. And I, I didn't really look up the visa situations and shit. I just kind of just went, and then I was like, "Fuck! I actually need to leave in like I think it's over sixty days or thirty mm. days, something like that." So I, I had a certain amount of of money saved <laughs> from the contract work that I was doing and the freelance work. So I was tech, I was going to go for just three months and I was like, okay, let me just have some fun for three months and then I'm going to go and I'll just stay in Asia because it's really cheap. I'll get bang for my buck and I'll go to the Philippines. I've got family there. Mm. So I went traveling to um, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Cambodia, the Philippines um, and met a few interesting other people that had similar lifestyles but no one really – that no one really worked and traveled. They were more like fly in, fly out people. Yeah. So um, mine, people who worked in the mines, people like nurses and all around the world. And it's funny, like when you meet people that, that have this similar mindset of, well, I don't want to work for the corporate dog. Like you, you get along <laughs> with people. But I don't know, like I kind of felt, and maybe I'm digressing like too no. much or going too fast forward, but I, I got really lonely like well, that was one really, of the questions I had for you. Yeah. Sorry, did you want to? No, oh, no, you can go. I got really lonely because I remember I was in, I think I was in Malaysia and I went to Langkawi Beach because I just need to go to a beach and I didn't like, I was in like, I think I was in Singapore and I was like, oh my God, I need the beach, you know. Yeah. So I went to Langkawi and I was like watching this beautiful sunset and I had my laptop with me and my book and I, no one really spoke English around me and I'm like, 
fuck, I'm living this life, but no one to share it with yeah. or no one to talk to. There'll be some days when you don't speak English at all. Like your mm. bare minimum is, hmm. <laughs> 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 like, yes. Just, just, like, just grunting. You know, and, and were you trying to pick up clients along the way? I mean, if you're meeting all these people, no, not really. There wasn't an opportunity like how much were you, to do that. Yeah, how much were you working? I was working traveling? maybe three or four hours a day. Yeah, like it, and you know, bear in mind, Asia's cheap as chips. So I tried to have clients. So there's a concept called geo arbitrage, where you have you earn in a certain currency and you spend a different currency. Mm. So I would, I, when I was looking for clients, I would look for ones with like that would pay in euros, dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I could leverage that in Asia. So I didn't have to work like that much, but I just got really lonely. And also I was so used to agency land where you would like have lots of friends with you and you would go for coffees, you go for drinks, you'd, you'd talk about ideas and shit. And most of the people that I would meet would be backpackers. Yeah. And I'm not saying backpackers and and, you know, freelancers don't have anything in common. But I guess I was, like, missing, like, a deep intellectual... Yeah, stimulus. Um, some mm. sort of, like, depth in conversation. And, you know, I'd just be getting fucked up and then, yeah. you know, do that shit again. And after, like, after two months, it's, yeah. it's kind of, like, a bit boring doing the same thing after 60 days. So I still had a lot of fun. And then mm. probably the... When so then I ended up going to Israel as well because you know holiday flings where you end up on the other side of the world, <laughs> and then I came home back to Australia after six six months or so, and then I was broke and I thought, <laughs> fuck, well, my freelance work is not going to sustain my lifestyle in Sydney. What's my next step? And everyone was like, oh, you're gonna keep traveling, and I'm like, a, I'm broke. I need to like earn some money again, and b. I it's not that I got out of my system, but I was like, okay, well, living out of a suitcase is not, it's just not me. Yeah. Like it's fun, but I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. So what does your balance look like now? Like are you still the runaway strategist or are you the strategist <laughs> who has a well-designed life? Oh, I kind of like that. The, the latter, I might steal that. It's a long that. URL though. You can't, I know. The, the strategist with a well-designed life. <laughs> I love life. Um, <laughs> Hashtag love life. Hashtag love life. Probably the latter because I was actually updating my blog because at first it was like runaway strategist, but I think I, I rewrote it, you know, trying to design a life that you don't feel like you want to run away from. And that's what I felt like. Mm. I, w- I just wanted to run away. Like I was sitting at my uh, office okay. and I was sitting in that chair yeah. and I was getting the itches and then I just was really frustrated because I didn't, I didn't want to be there. It's not that I was a lazy worker. Like I love, love working, but I, I, I need something to do. Yeah. And it's not that I just didn't want to do that particular <laughs> And that, oh, sorry, go on. So a lot of what you've said really resonates with me. <laughs> I almost feel like I'm hearing my story back at me, particularly it was around the same age. I was like 24, 25, and I was sitting in a job that I didn't want to be in. And, yeah, I kind of took that leap, quit, and, and followed the dream of, of starting my own thing. One thing that you mentioned that I found really interesting, and I look back at myself at 25 and think, how did I even have this thought at 25? But you mentioned how you started thinking about wanting to have a family and kids and are you going to be able to do that working the hours and the intense job that you Mm. were doing at the time. And I remember a really poignant moment when I was about to quit my job 
thinking, I was working in sales and marketing. And I remember thinking, looking at the sales director at the time and thinking, that's where I'll end up. I'll end up a sales director. And I saw the hours that they were working and I saw their life they had. And I thought, how am I going to have a kid and do that? And yeah. I don't think I want to do that. And, you know, now I'm 33 and I think, oh, I was nowhere near ready to have kids at the time. What wonderful, yeah. for- I'm probably still not, but what great foresight at that age to be thinking so maturely um, about the future. So how do you feel now? What's it been? Like maybe four, five, four years later? Do you? Four year- oh, look. Do I- you think that this uh, freelancer lifestyle is more conducive to starting a family and and that side of things? Yeah, I definitely... Look, it's not to say that you can have you can't not have a full time job and have a family. Mm. There's definitely a possibility and avenue for women to and you know I'm well, as a freelancer you probably work even more than exactly. And that That's was my naivety. Thing. I thought, oh, I'll have so much more time. more time. But actually, I don't. When you run your own business, you You're end working up working all yeah, the time. Always working. You probably work double the hours yeah. that you would, but you've got the flexibility. I think that's it. I think it's the flexibility and ownership of your time. Mm. Like you decide when. You're going to work yeah. when you're probably going to you know, feed the kid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Take her to what, school. Whatever mums do. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> they, whatever they do. <laughs> but uh, it's a very similar situation where I would look at the people around me and I, I would think, I, I, yeah, I'd never want to. And sacrifice is such a strong word because it's. I think it's a disservice to women who do have full-time jobs and have yeah. kids. Mm, I never want to say sacrifice. Mm. But I, I think my ambition – was at the time, you know, be marketing director in New York. Mm. Like, oh, fuck, well, how am I going to do that if I also want to have a family and kids at the same time? And then I started to think this is where that book, The 4-Hour Work Week, really helped me in really defining, okay, what does the whole life look? Yeah. Not just the career <laughs> or not just the relationship. What does the whole life? And if you want a well-rounded lifestyle, what will you need to consider to, you know, pull back a little bit, go forward yeah, because I think what you're talking about before in terms of like you always want to do something, it's because ever since I've known you, you, you've had such a level of passion that it's almost what do you do with all that energy when it's not being psyched? <laughs> Go to the gym, run yeah. off the pizza. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but do you think do you think your work defines you or is that the big lesson you've learned in terms of your job doesn't define you but basically how how you define the way you work and mm. thereby what your job is? is kind of how you start to define yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think people also get confused, is the right word, but, you know, follow your passion. Like that doesn't, what if your passion is to, like I love cooking but I never want a job in cooking. And yeah. some people do find their purpose through through work and albeit to them because, you know, I could say very rare, rare of us and I say that as a, general statement <laughs> that you know you shouldn't be and I, I I'm very conscious of like saying you know I've just lived to work you know mm. I never want to be defined by my career and sometimes when you turn your passion into a job it doesn't become a passion yeah, anymore right? you kind of lose the passion <laughs> what are you speaking, are you speaking experience? <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience because I still love eating and drinking and meeting people I think you were playing I was like yes yeah, <laughs> eating drinking playing but I was actually just saying to someone on the way over here they were like oh you know you're leaving work to go do work and I was like actually no maker yeah. creator does not feel like work because we don't talk about food yeah. and we don't talk about cocktails and latest bars and restaurants to go to top and 10 I, date spots yeah. <laughs> exactly I and I, I had to get rid of that seven-year itch of this new cocktail. 
Guys, I just gave you your next heading, your next email subheader. I'll send you the invoice. <laughs> so, you know, it, you, it's important. Now, this has become my hobby and my passion outside of work. Yeah. Well, so, and that's the thing we've, we've mentioned a few times is that this, this for us is a big release, to be honest. It's yeah. just, I, I knew people like you, I knew people like Alex, and we just need to kind of get all this out. Definitely. So, your life today, it sounds like. You've kind of gone on this journey of self-discovery. I think what I really appreciate, and you did mention this in your TEDx talk, which I think is brilliant, um, and we'll, we'll get onto your TEDx talk in the morning, but kind of throwing out, not idealism, but throwing out impractical ideas. Because I think what a lot of what you're saying is that, yes, from an outside point of view, your life looks incredibly well manicured. Like your personal brand is. Can I just lull the, the fuck yeah. out of that because <laughs> no, but it does. I mean, I, you look at your Instagram, and everything is quite curated and beautiful and yeah. presentable. And uh, how much of that is real, and how much? Oh, of that I think is- it's you know, every Instagram is your highlights real, but that's why mm. I choose to write a description that is almost you know not the opposite to what my picture is, but mm. a hard truth to it. Yeah. Because I think when I first went traveling for my first sabbatical, there were beautiful pictures and everyone else had beautiful pictures. So how would I be different? And I started to, you know, write what I really felt and how, you know, is this life really for me? And, you know, talking about my career changes and people responded to that more and they were like, oh, I love your little post, the little yeah. like inspirational post and, you know, you, mm. you inspire me to do this and whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, so I started to be a little bit more transparent in, I guess, the challenges that I was facing and, yeah. you know, like thinking about career changes and, you know, just life as a whole, not just the pretty picture on Instagram. And that's why I started to also – blog about the books that I'm reading and things because I feel like that's not a full representation of me yeah. and it's difficult because you want your Instagram to look pretty, of course, mm. but you also don't want to sell something that's not real and that's why I've tried to consciously write things in my yeah. description or captions that have a little more substance, a little more depth. <laughs> and do you think that's common for, you know, I'm going to say the awful word again, do you think it's common for millennials right now that the, the, your dose of realism is actually what they're thinking but no one's really saying? Probably. Yeah. A lot of the – one time I got this uh, email from this girl. She was in Malaysia. She said, oh, I, I, I liked your, your post that you put up about working and travelling. I really want to do that but I'm struggling, I'm still at uni and I'm struggling to figure out if this is really for me and stuff. And at first I was like, well, I feel like I don't have the right to tell you what to do. Uh, but if you if you really want to work and travel, know that it's not just traveling. Mm-hmm. Like, know you actually, you sometimes you still have to work eight hours a day on the beach, but in the hut with a shitty internet, trying to connect to a Skype call, <laughs> it's not working, and the reflectors in you know your your screen is not working properly, and it's just it's a it's a shit fight. <laughs> but that's not. Those are funny stories to tell, and yeah. sometimes I'll send my friend a photo, and you know he, he was like, "Oh fuck, I'm at the office, and I'm looking at your desk, and you're not there, and you're in you know wherever you are." I'm like, "Yeah, but." It's still life. Yeah. I think that's the misconception. There's still life out there that people have when they're working and traveling. Yeah. Mm. And that's the thing, you know, when I was traveling really heavily for work, 
It was. It was those few moments I had myself to take a photo. Yeah. And that was the difference. And I was doing Europe out of a carry-on piece of luggage. I was flying in and out of China every day. But no one saw that. They just saw your incredible Mm. photos of every destination that you were going. How exotic. Yeah, like, oh, like, isn't this wonderful? And, like, you know, you do the quick, you know, business class shot. (laughs) Let alone does anyone know that I'm, like, my sixth glass of wine (laughs) and it's noon and I'm just trying to get the shakes down the night before. I've got people calling me on the aeroplane, like, screaming at me about presentations. I'm yelling at people. I'm losing my mind. But you know what? I feel like that's – it's more – funnier and I say that with inverted commas to tell that as a story face to face and to post a picture of you like mm. a little bit <laughs> flustered. Although your face like this can be great. <laughs> this, is, this is a good podcast and talking yeah. about facial expressions. <laughs> she looked shocked. But, but it was coming around full circle and everyone's like, yeah, it's really easy to say that once you've done it. But it was amazing to come out of that and I did it heavily for three years mm. and just go, fuck that. Yeah. I never want to do that again. And I think like it's it's so refreshing to kind of hear you say, yeah, I did this and it wasn't for me, but now I've understood so much more about where, yeah. I'm at, where, where I am today and that design of your life and how it swung from corporate, want to get that New York job and I can't even imagine you doing that now. <laughs> you weren't dressed like a real estate agent. I know, stop it. And then it swings the other way to I'm this digital nomad who discovers that loneliness isn't worth any kind of Instagram photo. 100%. And then kind of where it comes in the middle of, these are the things I know I value in my life. These are the passions I have. Mm. But now I'm di- – because you are quite disciplined by the sounds of it Ooh. to a degree. To a degree. <laughs> I think I, I didn't answer the question, so what does my life look now? Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to yeah. say. What do you do now? <laughs> so I was like thinking about this. How am I going to like describe this in a way that makes me look – Sane. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, so I, I do have, I still retain some freelance social strategy work. I realized when I was traveling that social media management, fuck that. Yeah, and I, I apologize. Can you explain to, to people the difference who might yeah. not know who aren't in the industry? Sorry. Yeah, Let me think that. this is like all millennial marketers here. I'm normally here um, to ask the questions that the listeners <laughs> want to know. So social strategy is more around thinking about the brand, the content, the messaging, the type of photos and language and copy. So more of that initial stage before you actually post and manage the comments and things. So businesses can outsource both to just one person. Sometimes they get two different people because community management and that's the social media management part is a whole beast in itself. And that's posting and writing back to people's exactly. comments. Exactly, yeah, things. liking people's comments and, oh, my God, amazing, gorgeous, yeah, love it too. Make sure you check out our store. <laughs> <laughs> like, if people could see my eyes roll, yeah. it's... <laughs> that it's, was a big roll. Yeah, it was just, it's literally like copy and paste almost, any comments. But I, I hated that because you were still a slave to, to people's comments reactions and comments and stuff and you're like oh this is still it's not it's not worth it anymore so then Mm. I I shifted more to social strategy where it's looking at more of a high level from a high level business perspective and thinking about okay well what does your brand stand for what's the content on Facebook what is it on Instagram what is it on LinkedIn what is your blog post about so it's much more for me more more fulfilling because I get to have I guess more intellectually stimulating conversations and I uh, hate to say that because it sounds like I have grown out or you're, you know I, I don't want to ever say oh I'm too good for social media management but it's mm. just not that was me you know a couple of years ago and and now I'm like okay well 
what does my freelance social work look like yeah. for the next three years? And social media management wasn't that. And also it's very time-consuming doing yeah. social media management. So how could you do that with so many? But with the strategy side of things, does that mean that you're only – you might do sort of a three month or like a month yeah, and yeah. then you're constantly looking for new business yeah. because you don't retain them once you've yeah, done a strategy for them. Definitely. So I'm, I probably last year I did maybe like two or three, two months, two to three month contracts. Yeah. And then I would still have uh, like a freelance social client on the side that I would work completely remote. Mm-hmm. And that, so that stable client enabled me to travel last year. I went to like Hawaii and I stayed in Byron for a bit and I went to the Philippines again but that remote work enabled me to do that and then when Mm -hmm. I came back to Sydney I was aggressively looking for contract work when the end of the tail end of last year I always go through these moments after I come back from my trip and think do I want to do that again and I say that do I want to do what I did for the last three months for the next three months yeah you know I always have this like almost this not a a seesaw moment, like, is that what I want to do? And I think earlier this year, my TEDx talk came out and I realized, hey, I actually really like presenting and I've been a member at my Toastmasters Bondi Junction. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, Nick (laughs) Smitsis. That's my head Toastmaster. I'm like (laughs) repping repping our club out to everyone. Wow. We'll keep that in. Yeah. No, I think we need a good plug. (laughs) So I realized I I really like presenting work. So I said, okay, well, do I want to completely career change? And what does this look like for my, you know, do I still want to travel and work and everything? Mm. So I realized in my work-life travel balance, it's really to decide on okay, what does my next three, six months, year look like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I want to do what I've been doing for the last three months? Do I – where do I want to live? Because that's really important with the money that you're earning as yeah. well. Yeah. Where – what kind of people do I want to be around? What kind of skills do I want to cultivate? And I realised that I really liked presenting, so then I ended up doing a presenting course and I – did a stint at the Finance News Network oh. and that taught me a lot about my voice because my voice is very high-pitched and I had to learn to be a serious motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Business, motherfucker. Business, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, awesome. like, <laughs> we delete a lot of these things. Um, no. <laughs> so I did, I did presenting work there for a couple of months yeah. and I still had my freelance social contracts on the side but I obviously wasn't working contracted an agency so at, at I was doing um fi- finance news presenting and then freelance social media on the side so you're a professional slashy basically I know right it's just yeah. it sounds like but I it sounds like I'm really restless and at, at times oh, I think it, it does. sounds like a modern day job I think you're right you're saying you'd go to u- people used to think you just go to uni oh I study accounting I become an accountant I study mm. law I become a lawyer I study communications I become a journalist or I work in PR, I know, PR. Yeah, but yeah you can do <laughs> you can do anything and you can do a multitude of jobs but I don't think just anyone can do that. There are people mm. out there who need to know when their next paycheck is coming through the yeah. door. So what gives you the confidence or what do you think is that sheer – is it that sheer um, – like I know when I quit my job I kept thinking I can always go and get another corporate job and mm. I had that fallback in my mind and it turned out I didn't need that safety net because, you know, I was able to sustain it. 
But what do you think gives you the confidence that you can live this life without a constant paycheck? Oh, that's a deep question. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening who have their own dreams that they want yeah. to follow, well, but they're probably shitting themselves going, I don't think I could handle not having to have yeah, a check paycheck I in. think ever since I was <coughs> – ever since I was <laughs> – 14 <laughs> I've always I've always worked and I think it's my work ethic that enables me to say you know what if that doesn't work out I'll find another job and I'll fucking work hard mm. to yeah. make that job work and it's not it's not so much of and you know my parents as well Filipino immigrants mm. thinking what the fuck are you doing with your life mm. you, you know when's your next what did they think when you quit your job Oh, they thought I was just going for a holiday. And they thought I was. They, they, they thought I was going back to work. And every month that came that went by, they were like, "So you're coming home? So you're coming home? So you're coming home?" And then I was in the Philippines, like, "Mom, I'm going to the Israel. What? <laughs> you're going boy, where?" Going. And they always thought I was going back to work. But mm. I think it's 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 comfort that. Not that I will succeed in anything that I will do, but I will work my ass off yeah. to try and make that work yeah. to make sure I don't end up on the streets or, you know, to, I will just, it's my work ethic and knowing that, and I, I don't have an ego anymore of doing shit jobs. Mm. Right. And I, and that's, that's huge. I think, cause I think totally people want to change, they want to change jobs, change careers, I'm not going to do that. That's like half of my paycheck. Well, fucking you stay in your job then. Don't complain about your job mm. if you don't want to take a pay cut for a little while or, or, yep. or so. And I, you know, when I did the finance news presenting job, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is okay. I'm like, going to be a peasant. This is, I'm going to be a I'm peasant. Be back on the bus. And I'm like, doesn't, doesn't she know that? I used to be like a strategist at a global marketing agency and this is just, I'm not, I'm way too smart for this. And I was having conversations with my dad actually because he was like, oh, where are you living? What are you doing and whatever? And he was like, like peasants and peasant money and she's treating me like shit and I'm just too, I don't know if I really want to do this. You know, flicking my hair, my hairsprayed hair from the camera and stuff. And he said, Lizzie. You need to remember that this is a new job for you. This is a new career. You are basically their intern. <laughs> you may have had eight or so years experience in marketing, but you have zero experience in presenting. So you need to change the way that you think about this job. So fair, fair call, Dad, fair call. <laughs> so I went in there, changed my mindset that I was yeah. going into a paid internship. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. A paid internship. <laughs> it sounds dumb, but I think everything you've said about mindset, working hard, accepting that there will be setbacks, is it's just so critical to just being okay with everything. Yeah. And I mean, even for me, like I won't detail it, but just a few things I've had to do in the last few years where I've had to learn that lesson so hard and it's probably I'm only at peace with it for the last kind of six or seven months. But Check I think- ego. Yeah, and just checking that things won't always be on an upward slope. Yeah. And yeah, you are talking about money and you are talking about this. And, you know, I've done what I've done for a long time and I love it. Like, I love what I do. Um, but I think for, again, people at home, remembering them, you, and this is a question for both of you, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't write this down for you, sorry. So, because you guys are both incredibly passionate, you're uh, 
outgoing, confident, you know, quite extroverted. If you if you were if somebody was listening to this who who wasn't as extroverted, who was introverted, who was nervous about kind of letting go, what would be your advice and what would kind of be your biggest lessons you let go? That's a great question and I wanted to ask something similar to Liz because I think people people have been like oh wow you know you're so lucky you've done this and I'm like no luck has nothing to do with it like (laughs) I've worked my ass off to get there but I do feel like the sort of personality that I have and I see the same (laughs) I feel like I'm looking at the mirror here because I feel like you and I are the exact same personality type ENFP what was that? ENFP? I'm an ENFP. ENFJ. Oh, I don't know. Is that one of those psychometric testings? You're A-L-E-X, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that next time. But I think for people like you and me, I, I always say to my mum, and she always says, she's, you're the eternal optimist. You know, the mm. glass is always half full with me, even in sad, dark times. And I just think that I, you honestly, I manifest things. I believe the best is mm. about to happen. I believe the good is always going to happen and the good comes. And I'm not saying that there's, def- there's definitely bad times and things don't work out, but I think that people are drawn to that energy that you put out. Absolutely. And so when I say, oh, just do this, this and this, I forget that there probably is something innately in me that, means that maybe I'm predisposed to be more successful than someone else. But that's not to say that people who are more introverted can't be successful just in a different way. And how they do that, I don't know because I'm not an introvert and I don't know what they would do. (laughs) No, it's it's interesting because my my sister is complete opposite to me. Complete. Like I don't even need to say oh I don't even need to describe introverted, very methodical and things. And it is, I think, a personality trait to want to just, you know, to have the balls to go out and do shit, mm. you know, no, and not to say not to have no qualms, but for someone who is introverted, and I think sometimes people get confused with being introverted versus being sure with yourself, because yeah. introverted people can still be quite confident. sure and, and quite confident yeah. in themselves. It's not to say that it... The freelance life requires you to go out and and put yourself on the line and requires you to be sure in yourself that if someone says no, that's just a tick off the list and you're up to the next one. It's Mm. not the, oh, my God, someone said no, like my life is like ruins and you you fall backwards. So I think if someone is introverted, it's – I'm not saying you have to change yourself to become an extroverted, but – you can be a confident person and you can go out and do things while being an introverted person in your personal life. Mm. Yeah. Like you, you can be, you can be a, gung, a gung-ho in your professional life and, be, and want to just like stay at home on Saturday and Saturday nights. But if the – like, okay, let's look at bankers. Name me <laughs> – and let, let, name, sh- Show me an introverted, successful banker who has, who's not also – a bullish person, you know, there's something innately in them that wants to go out and, and, and get some, you know, and I think that when you're thinking about this, whether you're you know, quitting your job and, and things like that, it's really to be sure within yourself. I think that when we interviewed Renee from The Barberhood, 
She was a perfect example of, I got along so well with her, but we had very different personality types. She was someone that I would think is a little bit more introverted. She was very shy on the podcast. She had such precision and she was so calculated in the way she started her business. So much, so much consideration before she took that leap. Whereas here was me all gung ho, the extrovert. (laughs) I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do this and I'm just going to bull through everything and just charge through it. And she also had, I admired her from a business perspective Mm. because Mm. she was she had a lot of fire in her guts when it yeah. came to her business and she yeah. had what you were talking about. But then in her personal life and yeah. even in her disposition, she was what you would probably call shy and introverted. Yeah, right? like she she is confident and self-assured. Mm. Self-assured, and is, yeah. yeah. But she she is not, She's not bursting wow. out of her skin. Yeah. Like, probably much I'm, more tolerable than us <laughs> extroverts. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while and all your adventures. And uh, my adv- Yeah, I'd love to get you back in because I think there's some other things that I'd love to talk about as well. So, yeah, just I, I really want to get stuck into what your TED Talk was about, kind of you and kind of your growth journey I think is really interesting. I, I love it because it's really real. Uh, and I think thank you've you. kind of helped me learn a few things. Now. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's true and that's good. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you, guys. And for people who want to follow you, are you just can you mention your Instagram again for us? Yes, my Instagram is runawaystrategist. But check out my blog, runawaystrategist.com, because there's a little bit more. A lot more. A lot more. There's a lot more. I write about the countries. I write about my own growth the troubles with digital nomad lifestyle, the troubles of career changes. And, yeah, would love to just hear from you guys as well. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. And thank you for listening, as always. If you want to reach out to us, you can hit up Jai, who's Jai Smith and Double Star Co. I'm Ms. Darlinghurst on all social media. We are recording and putting out podcasts weekly, which is mm. very exciting. So you can, uh, can tune in. We also have a YouTube channel, so you can look us up on YouTube, Maker and Creator. And if there's anyone that you think we should be speaking to, or maybe you are a maker and creator out there, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.